Mesech's in the Kvois, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Vovim, Tul Perak Beis, Mishnah Aleph. The first Perak, the first chapter of the Mesech, lists six different levels of mikvah, starting from the lowest level, going higher up, until the type of mikvah that has the largest ability to purify things. The first few Mishnahists have discussed the first level, which is a puddle of water or a hole in the ground, essentially a still collection of water in the ground that contains less than 40 sa'ar. But there is at least the volume of a revius of water. Mid-a-raisa, this is considered to be a valid mikvah, so if there is an object that is small enough that it can be totally submerged and immersed in the mikvah, then it can be purified. And likewise, hashoka, which is when water is connected to the water of the mikvah and it becomes like the mikvah itself. This is one of the properties that a mikvah has. Mid-a-raisa, according to the Torah, that would also apply to the mikvah which was discussed until now. However, Midrabanon, one cannot purify things in such a mikvah, and Hashoka also will not work when the other water is connected to the water of the mikvah. However, the only remaining feature that the mikvah does have is that it cannot become Tomei itself, since any water which is in the ground and is considered to be a mikvah cannot become Tomei. Lemalamehen, the type of mikvah that is one level above that, is Metantzios Shiloposku, water that has collected at the bottom of a hill and has flowed from higher up on the hill from the rainwater. And the flow of water that is coming down the hill has not stopped, which means that to a certain degree, it appears as if it's a flowing stream. And just like we find with regards to a mayon, which is a stream that flows from a natural spring, a mayon has a higher level of ability to purify. There are certain people who are tome who need to be purified specifically in a mayon and not in a regular mikvah. Be it as it may, since this body of water that's at the bottom of the hill is quite similar to a mayon in the sense that there is still flowing water that is flowing into it, because of that, although the Chachomim did say that one cannot purify an item in that body of water at the bottom because it's got less than 40 sa'ar in it, Nevertheless, it is slightly better than the first level of mikvah that was discussed until now, in that hashoka does apply to this mikvah. Again, hashoka is when other water is connected to the water of the mikvah, and it becomes a part of the mikvah itself. So, for example, if tommy water were to enter into this body of water, then it would become tahar, it would become like part of the mikvah itself. Which really means that all of the cases which were discussed in the first three Mishnayas of the Perek where some tommy drops of water dropped back into that collection of water, such that as soon as the water will be lifted up from the ground and get the ability to become tommy, so those tommy drops will make all of the water tommy. All of those cases that were discussed are now going to be re-mentioned in this Mishnah, and the Mishnah is going to show that the law is different in all of the cases with regards to the second type of mikvah. Because over here, as soon as the Tommy drops enter back into the water, they become Tahar, they become, they become like the mikveh itself. And therefore, they lose their entire impurity. So even when the water eventually will be lifted up out of the hole, out of that collection of water, it's all totally pure. Shasa Tommy Shasa Tahar, if somebody Tommy drinks from the water and some drops go back from his lips into the water, so the drops are tome, as soon as they enter into the water, hashoka occurs, and they become totally pure. Such that even if later on the Shosa Tahar, a Tahar person, drank from that water, Tahar, he'll remain pure, because he drank just pure water. Shosa Tahar, if somebody Tome drank from that water, and then somebody filled up a pure utensil, a pure container with water from that 
water that is over there. Tahar, again, the utensil and the water is all pure. And third example, Shosotome, if somebody Tommy drank from that water. And then Venothal Kikoshel Truma, a loaf of bread that is Truma fell into it. Afopiche Diach, even if he started using that water, which is on the loaf, to rub and to wash the loaf. So the water now has the ability to become Tome, but there's no longer any Tome drops to make it Tome because the Tome drops themselves became Tahar. They became a fully fledged part of the mikveh, and therefore Tahar, the loaf, remains pure. Continues the Mishnah with further examples that we discussed earlier on. Milibichli Tome, if he filled up a impure container by lowering it down into the collection of water, so... Some drops went back into the water, some tommy drops, but nevertheless, again, because of Hashoka, they became pure like the rest of the water which is over there. So even if after that, Vashasa Tahar, a pure person drinks from that water, Tahar, he'll remain pure. Milibichli Tome, if he lowered a impure container into the water to fill it up, or Milibichli Tahar, and then later on he fills up a pure container by dipping it into that water, Tahar, it remains pure, and Milibichli Tome, if you filled up water into a Tome container, the Nothal Kikoshal Truma, and later on a loaf of Truma bread falls into it, and he lifts it back up, even if he uses the water which is on the loaf to wash and to rub it, Tahar, the loaf will remain pure. Now the next three examples of the Mishnah, Noflumayim Tameim, if Tome water itself falls into that collection of water, in this case, as soon as it falls in, it becomes pure like the rest of the mikvah because of hashaka, and therefore vishasa tahar. If a pure person drinks from that water later on, tahar will remain pure. Nafumayim tameim. If tummy water falls into that collection of water, umilebichli tahar, and later on somebody lowers down a pure container into that collection of water to fill it up, tahar, the container remains pure because all of the water there is pure. And last example, nafumayim tameim. If tummy water falls into the collection of water that is next to the bottom of the hill, the Nothal Kikoshal Truma, and then a loaf of Truma bread falls into it, and he lifts it back up. Even if he uses the water that is on the loaf to wash and to clean it, Tahar, it will remain pure, as we have explained, because all of the water over here is pure. The Mishnah ends off that whereas in the previous Mishnah, we learned that the first type of mikvah, since the entire impurity in these cases is a stringency midrabbanon, so we say that that does not apply to doing a tiras yodayim, washing one's hands before eating, and various other points when one needs to do tiras yodayim. One needs to use pure water for that purpose. And for this particular purpose, this we consider the water to be pure, even once you lift it out of the hole. And likewise, when you are making dough, and you're going to need to separate a portion of that dough as chalo, which is the part of the dough that one needs to give to a koyain, and just like truma, chala cannot be tome. Not only is one not allowed to allow the chala or the truma itself to become tome, one can't even allow the dough to become tome before you've separated and designated part of it as being chala, because you're indirectly making the chala tome, because later on, part of the dough is going to turn into chala and it's going to be tome. However, since again we said that the entire impurity of the water is midrabbanon, we are lenient in that case as well. However, there is a slight difference between the mikvah on the first level and the second level mikvah that we've been discussing in this Mishnah. The water that comes from the level 1 mikvah can be used to knead the dough before one has designated a part of the dough to be chala. 
But once somebody has khala or they have truma, which is already designated as the food which is going to go to the Qur'anim, it is more of a severe prohibition to allow that to become tomei. And therefore, with regards to the khala or the truma itself, we do consider the water to be tomei. On the other hand, with regards to the level 2 mikvah, which has a higher degree of purification ability, it's a greater form of mikvah. The water that comes out of there in the above cases is considered to be pure, even if it touches khala or truma itself. And that's what the Mishnah means, kashem la truma. The water is considered valid and pure even for truma which is a part of the grain and the produce which is separated and given to the Karnim. The reason why the Mishnah talks over here about truma instead of khala is because the classic case of the khala becoming wet is when it becomes wet earlier on, because you always add water to the dough. That's at the stage before the a part of the dough has been pronounced khala. But over here we're talking about when the truma itself becomes tome, and we consider the water in all of the above cases to be pure, even when it touches the truma itself. The little mehem leodayim and it's identical to the previous type of mikvah in that the water is considered to be pure for the sake of Natilas Yodaim, when one needs to wash their hands with pure water. Mishnah Zayin, Mehen, above the previous two mikvahs, the level three mikvah, which has a greater ability of being a mikvah and purifying, is mikvah sheyesh by barim sa'ar, a collection of water that has a volume of at least 40 sa'ar. Over here, there is no decree midir that it loses some of its power of purification, and therefore, shabui toivlin, people can immerse themselves and be purified in such a mikvah, umat bilin, and they can also dip other objects which have become tomei in order to purify them. And as well as that, the law is that in order to eat the meat of karbonais, one first needs to dip his hands into a mikvah, and he would also need such a third level mikvah. It emerges if we summarize the first three types of mikvah that really a mikvah has three different features and each level includes an additional feature of the mikvah. The first feature is the fact that the water of the mikvah cannot become tomei. That's the only feature that the first level mikvah has. The second feature of a mikvah is the ability of to do hashoka, that when other water is connected to that water it becomes a part of the mikvah. This applies only to the next two types of mikvah ice, and the third feature of the mikvah only applies to the third level mikvah, and that is its ability to purify people and objects and one's hands. Lemalamehen, above that, the level four mikvah is mayon, a natural spring of water that comes from the ground. And really, the next three types of mikvahs are all going to be a mayon. And really, it's learned from Pesukim already that there are two main differences between a mikvah and a mayon. A mikvah, which is not connected to any natural spring, the only time that it can purify a person or objects is when it is still. If it is flowing for whatever reason, then it loses its its ability to purify. As well as that, the entire minimum volume of 40 sa'ad that is required to purify objects only applies to a mikvah, but a mayon can purify objects, different items, even if it is small, less than a volume of 40 sa'ar. The fourth level mikvah talks about a case of a mayon, it's a natural spring. It's also a kind of mikvah, even though we talk about a mikvah and a mayon. A mayon, which is a body of water that comes from a spring, is essentially also a type of mikvah. It's on the fourth level, and Shemim of Mu'atin, there was not a lot of water that came from the spring, and because of that, the spring wasn't flowing. Meaning the water that came from the spring wasn't flowing, it was still in the area where the spring came out of the ground. But then, the Rabu Olav Maim they added 
to that body of water drawn water, meaning they filled up a utensil with water and poured it into that area to the degree that there was now more Maim Sha'uvim drawn water than the water that came from the natural spring. And the water then started to flow as a result of the majority of Maim Sha'uvim that was added. In such a case, this body of water is equivalent to a regular mikveh on the one hand, in that it only has the ability to purify when it is still and not when it is flowing. And the reason for this is because the entire reason that a mayon, a spring of water, has the ability to purify even when it is flowing is because it's in its natural state. A spring generally produces enough water that it starts to flow. And that is all natural, it's not caused manually by man. And that's why it still has the ability to purify. In a similar way to how we find that Maim Sha'uvim, which is water that has been added manually by man, is not valid as a mikveh, at least if the entire mikveh is made up of the Maim Sha'uvim. A mikveh needs to be natural. If you think about it, in this case, the spring naturally doesn't flow, because it doesn't produce enough water for it to start flowing. Which means that now that it's in a state where it's flowing as a result of invalid water, even though the water doesn't, is not invalid because it's added to be part of the spring, but it's the Maim Sha'uvim that causes it to flow, that means that currently it's not in its natural state and therefore it would not be able to purify until the flow stops and once the water is still, then it has the ability to purify. Now, when the water is still, then the Mayon, it's equivalent to a Mayon in that Lahat Bilboi Gukulshu, one can purify items in that water even if there is only a small amount of water. The minimum volume of 40 sa'ad does not apply to a mayon. At the, end, at the end of the day, this is a mayon. It comes from a natural spring, and therefore the minimum volume of, a, of 40 sa'ad is not required to purify items. It's important to note, however, that in order for a person to be purified, even in a mayon, 40 sa'ad is required. The next level up of a mikveh, level number five, is my mukin, literally water that has been damaged, and this refers to water that is either warm or salty, such that it hasn't got a sweet taste, like the water that comes out of many natural springs. But over here, it's a spring of water that flows naturally. And because of that, it's in its natural state, and therefore it has the ability to purify. It can purify items and people, even whilst it's in a state of flowing. Unlike all of the previous mikvahs that were discussed, that are able to purify only if they are still. Above that, the greatest level of a mikveh is a spring of water that is maim chayim, literally a live water. This refer this is the expression that the Torah uses, and it refers to spring water that is still sweet, it's not warm. And the Torah specifies three occasions when we require specifically maim chayim that comes from a mayon. That comes from a spring. Shebohen Tvila La Zovim. Firstly, a Zov, who is somebody who has a particular type of impurity as a result of substances exiting his male organ. In order for him to be purified from his impurity, it's not enough to immerse fully in a mikvah. The Torah specifies that he needs to immerse himself fully in a Mayon with Mayim Chaim. The second time the Torah specifies Mayim Chaim is somebody who had Tzara'as, which are spots on his body that come miraculously as a punishment for certain sins, and it makes the person Tome. And at the end, part of the purification process involves the person being sprinkled seven times with Mayim Chaim, this type of water that came from a spring, and thirdly, 
This water is valid for Kiddush Mechatos, which is when they would add this water to the ashes of a Pora a totally red cow that is used for purifying people from Tumas Mace from the impurity that comes from a dead body, be it as it may, the ashes of the Pora Aduma need to be added to this natural spring water. Somebody who was Tome and he went down into a mikveh to immerse himself fully in order to be purified. But Sofik Toval, Sofik Le Toval, it is a doubt, he has a doubt, whether or not he actually immersed himself. And the most simple case is that he's unsure whether he went to the mikveh properly. It could be that his entire body wasn't necessarily covered and submerged in the water at the same time. Afilu Toval, or even if he did definitely go into the mikveh, but Sofik Yeshboy there is a doubt whether or not the mikveh contained the minimum volume of 40 sa'ar. Or a third case of doubt, Shnei Mikvois, if there were two collections of water, Echod Yeshboy one of them has the minimum amount of 40 sa'ar, and one of them does not. And he submerged himself fully in one of these mikvois, but he's not sure in which one. These are three different cases where somebody has a doubt whether or not he became purified in a mikvah. The rule is Safeko Tome. His doubt is ruled as being Tome, and this is based on the basic rule of Chazaka, that if a status of something or somebody is under doubt, we assume that the current status is the same as it has been until now. Since until now he was definitely Tome, and we're unsure whether that status changed, so the rule of Chazaka states that we should assume that he is still Tome, and that is the reason for the law of this Mishnah.